Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Willing Equine Podcast. We are recording this in my car during my commutes to and from my work, so the audio may not be super clear, and also my daughter is with me in the car, so you may hear her little comments throughout the podcast. But otherwise, hopefully you can enjoy this podcast and we can discuss all sorts of interesting topics that have to do with making a positive impact on your relationship with your horse. Okay, I'm back. Um, So as promised on my Instagram, I was going to do an update podcast episode about everything that's been going on through most of April and some of May now. Um, I kind of went on quote unquote break uh, for April, which really wasn't a break. I was actually working quite a bit, um, just a different type of work. I had uh, I was spending, I found that I was spending so much time on social media and, and on, um, making videos and all that, that I wasn't able to spend as much time as I would like on working with my horses. And then also, um, in developing future stuff for TWE. So, um, that's what I spent a lot of April doing. I, Unfortunately, I had these grand plans of having uh, the ability to roll out some new things when I returned on the 6th, but um, as life has it sometimes, that didn't happen. I actually ended up spending quite a bit of April recovering. I was just, I've been pretty much since last August just cranking it out every single day, go, 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 never stop, uh, writing, doing podcasts, doing blog posts, doing uh, Instagram posts, YouTube videos, training videos, video lesson coaching, um, email consultations, video consultations, let's see, what else, teaching lessons locally, working with my horses, working with client horses, um, and... And then also, I you know, there's other things too, like that my students have a, a chat forum and um, yeah, so lots and lots to keep up with, lots to track. You know, I keep training logs for all the horses. That always takes a lot of time. And then plus I have three kids and a husband and a house and unfortunately I have to pay taxes and stuff too. So um, just been super busy since last August and then my, my son is um, actually getting ready to go through... Uh, quite extensive procedures, uh, which are, uh, it just has to do with his breathing and his structure of his face and stuff. So I'm not going to go into that too much because it doesn't have to do with the horses, but I've been dealing with, prof- uh, let's see, specialist consultations. We've been through at least four or five now, and we're looking at surgeries and he's only four. So all of that, along with everything else I've been doing has just been a lot. Plus I've been really pushing to roll out some new things. Um, I'm really looking forward to being able to provide clinics, uh, local and traveling for clinics. So that's one thing I've been working on, just trying to format how that will look and what I'm available to do and be able to share that with you guys. Um, Also wanting to share more formalized training content that I've been working on. Uh, And there's, there's some other stuff too. I'm revamping a lot of my lesson programs and video consultations and stuff like that. So anyway, enough of that. I know you're not here to hear me ramble on about what's going on with me, but um, I wanted to give you guys an update on the horses and what's been going on with them. So 
Uh, I think it'd be best to go through it one horse at a time. Um, we'll start off with River. River has been doing very well. I've been really focusing on her training lately. Uh, she went through a while where I was kind of put her on the back burner just because I was spending so much time with client horses and um, so and also she was having some different I don't know her her behavior was indicating that maybe she wasn't uncomfortable I thought maybe a growth spurt um, but turns out she has had fairly significant ulcers and stomach issues um, that she's likely had since she was weaned. Uh, a lot of ulcers in horses developed after weaning and especially with River it was a very traumatic weaning for her. Um, it was a period in her life where she went through a lot of depression and diet changes and stress so likely that um, would be definitely reason for ulcers to develop um, and then also she had all the surgeries and with the surgeries you know a lot of medication a lot of transportation back and forth um, just so much happens and medications that follow that between that the stressful weaning early on and uh, the surgeries it's likely that she's been dealing with ulcers for quite a while now and it's just never been something that I have noticed because she seemed fine. I haven't been super intense with her training. She's never, she's not under saddle. I've never tried to like cinch her up or anything. Uh, she did have a cinch one time, but, um, she was fine with grooming. And so a lot of the typical symptoms you might think of weren't necessarily present. And also she, um, has a, a diet that is very, is an ideal diet for a horse with ulcers for keeping away ulcers and helping them be better. You know, she has forage 24 seven. She has, um, a low sugar diet. She has, she gets alfalfa, um, grazes all the time. She's not stalled. So there was very little, very few indicators as far as her lifestyle goes and her behavior that told me that she might have ulcers. Um, but then I became aware of doing acupressure points and looking for specific acupressure points that might indicate that a horse is experiencing pain from ulcers. And when I did that with her, I was so surprised. She was extremely reactive. I would touch her in the certain points and she would kick or bite at me. Um, and so she was like, do not touch me there. That is really uncomfortable. So she's been having ulcer treatments and um, on long-term support for ulcers. And I've actually put all of my horses on ulcer support. I've been using um, just some different natural remedies as well as making sure that all their diets are helpful for that, which they already were. Um, but yeah, so she's actually doing much better now. I feel like her attitude has improved dramatically uh, and that her training is even doing much better. Um, she was also one of the ones that went to the uh, a Peggy Hogan clinic with me this past weekend. And she did really well. I was very happy with her. She loaded up into the trailer beautifully. She was so well behaved about the whole time we were there. She was superstar. Um, she actually was one of the few horses that had the hands-on attention from Peggy Hogan herself. Um, as far as she did a demo with her and it went, it was very interesting to watch. It was interesting to watch other people handle her because she doesn't get 
trained by really anybody else besides me. I also had my friend Sarah work with her because uh, River is very much like her filly that's back home. Um, so I thought it would be a good way for her to get practice where um, that she uh, she could take home information that would help her with her filly. So anyway, so everything's going good with River. Uh, then we got Tiger. So Tiger has been doing really great. I don't have a whole lot to update on her besides that we have been working on start cues, start button cues with her. So she tells me when she's ready to start the next repetition of a behavior. And we specifically have been working on this with the mounting block. So I'm giving her full control over whether or not I get on. And I know that sounds like, well, why would a horse ever say get on? Or, well, okay, that's going to take forever. I don't have time to ask my horse if I can get on every single time. But for me, and this is something that's really important that Tiger is willing for me to get in the saddle. It's I've worked very hard to counter condition having a rider on her back. Um, but I've never, I mean, I, she's had the choice because I've never punished her for leaving but I feel like the start button behaviors, the, where the horse tells you, okay, yes, you may now get on, provides a whole new level of control for the horse. And I'm experimenting with it. I'm still trying to discover what works, what doesn't work. And um, I was very grateful to Peggy Hogan in the clinic that I went to recently with her that I've mentioned twice now for helping us out with or helping me out with this as far as answering questions and showing us demos and explaining it thoroughly and that really cleared up some information for me um, and it was incredibly valuable so I feel like you know I, I've had about two days where I've been able to experiment since that clinic but I've have been had great success since then so I'm very eager to see where we can go from this point forward I've also been exploring start buttons with other things besides the mounting block things like grooming um, and walking on any behavior you can think of really uh, and I've been doing that mostly with the other horses with Tiger I've been focusing on the mounting block with the start buttons uh, but yeah so she's doing fantastic I don't physically haven't had really any updates for you guys there was a brief time where she was a little bit sore in her lower back but that was because I kind of pushed her before she was quite ready to have a rider on her back again after the winter it just she wasn't quite fit enough and we went on a long trail ride for um for a promotional event and she just she was willing like she you know we got on and this was before I started the star buttons but she did fantastic and she was very well behaved and uh, did everything I asked of her and and more um, but then when we got I think she was really sore after that and it just took some time to recover so but yeah other than that she's been doing fantastic I'm really happy with her progress um, and I look forward to sharing more videos with you guys about the start button behaviors so then we've got let's do pumpkin next so pumpkin has also been doing really well and she had if you all remember uh, fractured molars and so she had a bunch of two molars removed and they had to be done about six weeks apart so that was one whole medical procedure and then a break and then another medical procedure and the first one took her a long time to recover from I was very um, I was very anxious about the second time because I was just like, man, she's not going to be recovered in time for this clinic, and she's just going to be in so much pain for so long. It's just so dragged out. Uh, but she actually, I, 
like within four days after having the second one removed, it was like she was a whole new woman. Um, she was feeling so much better, ready to go right back into training and, and doing stuff with us. Uh, and she was able to go to the clinic as well and did fantastic. Um, and she's actually, I feel like she's actually lost some weight recently with spring. It's funny, usually seems to be the opposite, but I think she spends less time at the hay bale and more time grazing. So moving and walking while eating like they're supposed to. Um, and so she loses some weight versus just sitting, being stationary and taking up food. So, um, as far as training goes, she's been working a lot with my intern, which is another update. I have an intern. Uh, she's been helping. She's all the way here from Maryland and has been helping me with all the horses and learning from me and she'll be here for about six weeks so that's been fantastic but her and pumpkin get along really well um so she's pumpkin's been doing a lot with my intern and students and stuff like that um but yeah so that that's all going really well uh as far as yeah i think that's about it for her um she was very distracted at the at the clinic. She did very well. She wasn't panicked at all, but you could tell like she's just looking off into the horizon and taking it. You could see her inhaling like big nostril flares as far as not snorting or anything, but just soaking it all in through her nostrils and then deep exhales and just smelling everything. Um, but she was really good and well-behaved, and she actually did the clinic with another one of my friends who is from Washington. Uh who I thought might get along really well with Pumpkin. Um, and so we actually took three of my horses to the clinic. It was Tiger, River, and Pumpkin. But I only worked, I worked with Tiger primarily. And then my friends worked with uh, River and Pumpkin. So it was great. They all got to go. Um, she loaded up beautifully. And I forgot the update in Tiger's part about the trailer loading. I find it interesting with her. She... <sighs> I can spend so much time counter conditioning that trailer and just working on it and working on it. And the first time we go somewhere, she won't get back in afterwards. Um, and she, she will get back in, but sometimes I have to resort to pressure and release when I don't want to, but you know, we got to come back home and she does well. It's not like we have a tantrum. It's not like she doesn't get in. It doesn't take very long, but it's not what I want. It's not exactly how I'd like it to be. I'd like her just to jump right in and be happy about it and find it to be a pleasant experience. So I'm experimenting with trying to make the trailer ride itself more enjoyable. I got her some special boots that absorb the shock. Um, they're easy boot clouds. And interestingly enough, after her ride to the clinic from my place, she fairly quickly got back in the trailer to come back home, which was a first, and I didn't have to use any negative reinforcement like I might have had or I have had to do the last two times we've gone somewhere on the way home. Like the first getting in, she goes fine, getting and getting out, she gets out fine, but then trying to get back home, it's always been a struggle. And I think it's just because she doesn't like how bumpy and, and uncomfortable the trailer ride is since she's fairly flat-footed and so that puts her frogs and soles right on the ground which I imagine would be very jarring so I will see I'm going to continue to experiment with that and I'm hoping that that works fingers crossed <laughs> um yeah so that's a pumpkin slash tiger update so then let's see who we got next um let's do candy and 
yeah, candy, candy's a big one. So candy had been doing some training. She's been really helping my intern get some practice and has been doing great and not a whole lot of updates there as far as until she found the only nail on the entire property, probably, hopefully, um, to step on and it punctured the sole of her foot. And we are now on week two and a half, I believe something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Um, as far as trying to get recovered from this injury, it's been, yeah. Um, nail puncture wounds are no joke. Uh, the very big expensive vet bill, lots and lots of soaking and wrapping and rebandaging and medications and, um, the vet having to come out and sedate her and do regional limb perfusions and cutting open the sole and poor candy. It has been such a trial of patience for her and painful and she has been such a saint and I'm so appreciative of you know all the work that her previous homes and I have done and getting her comfortable with having her feet handled and treated and medicated and tied and wrapped and handled by vets and I mean just good training is just priceless when it comes to situations like that uh, even there, even all of my other horses I feel like they would have done pretty well um, but Candy in particular I think excelled uh, in being able to tolerate this type of treatment for this long um, without <laughs> losing her calm as I would have so I don't really blame her if she were to get upset there was after her abscess burst um I had to soak it again, and it was very painful. Uh, there was that one time, and oh my gosh, I accidentally sprayed her with a hose, and she hates hoses, and it was just, we I felt so awful. <sighs> lots of cookies, lots of like, I'm so sorry, horse. I did not mean to do that. Um, but she forgave me, and she's done well since, and we still have probably, I think, five more days of soaking and wrapping. Um, Maybe more. They said that it's possible that abscesses will return as the rust from the nail gradually purges its way out of the body. That sounds lovely. I'm very excited. Okay, probably the shortest update is going to be Cash because, I mean, he's just my golden boy. Like, he... There's rarely ever any updates for him as far as... No, nothing extreme has happened. No new, you know, he's just a good boy. He just does a good job all the time. And he's very patient with my students. And he's just been living the good life. He just goes out and grazes all night around the property and all day for the most part. And then he comes in and uh, does a little bit of training. And then he goes back out. And the cycle continues. <laughs> I will tell you that he is obsessed with soaked hay pellets. I don't know why he loves them so much, but that horse, it's like a Hoover vacuum. And if he smells them, even if they're like hidden, he can't see them anywhere, he will find them. He will be outside the barn all the way in the arena and he knows that they're in the barn and he will go and find them. And he will leave the training session to go find the soaked pellets. He's hilarious. And I don't, I don't even know how he... I mean, I know he, I know how he knows, but none of the other horses are that obsessive. He just... I don't know. He's just funny. I love him. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much the update on him is that he loves his hay pellets. <laughs> and he's been doing good with his training. 
Okay, so last part. So I'm going to be really brief about the horses that are in training just because um, they're not mine. And, uh, you know, my training, the horses that are in training kind of come and go. But I guess for right now, you know, it's part of what's going on. So it's part of the update. Um, so with Cashmere, she is doing fantastic. She's just really just... I don't know. I feel like we've pulled back another or peeled back another onion layer with her. She has been really enjoyable to be around. She's has uh, at liberty privileges now, meaning that she's able to come out of her pasture or her stall and just roam the property. Um, and she she loves that. She is so happy to get to just be free to have that choice to come into the barn or not. I mean, she'll go out and graze for a while and then she'll come in and check in with everybody and say, Hey, what's up? Can we do some training? We'll do some training for a while. And then I'll tell, you know, she, she's obsessive about training when she has a choice about it. Um, which is always, but I feel like when she's able to come up to me and ask, it's a, I have a different horse that I'm working with rather than when I work, walk into the pasture and ask her if she wants to train. It's truly her idea. Truly. She comes into the barn and says, Hey, it's time to train. Let's do this thing. And, uh, she's just really engaged. She never wants to stop. Um, and it's really fun to work with her and really exciting. So she's, she's doing so well. I'm really happy. I feel like she's mellowed a lot that she's experiencing less stress and able to cope with any stressors a lot better she um has been enjoying just people in general more she's been doing really well for the trimmer i'm just really excited about where we're going from this point forward she has an appointment coming up soon to see a really a specialist osteopath um that may or may not get canceled just because we're having terrible weather here right now uh and uh, apparently the clinic is flooded at the moment and they had to cancel lessons for the next couple of days but i'm praying and hoping and fingers crossed that her appointment stands and we don't have to wait until september which is the next time the specialist will be in the u.s as far as i'm aware um so we're, we are hoping to get into that appointment to be able to just double check and make sure everything's good to go um, before we continue pursuing her under saddle work, which FYI, if you didn't see, I got on her for the first time since she's been with me and it's been well over a year and a half since she's had a rider. And so that was really exciting and she did very well with that. So I guess the last guy is, oh no, I forgot about my guy. I've, oh my goodness. Um, Finn. My guy Finn, I don't know why. Sometimes I so I put him in the category of my training project horses. I'm not exactly sure why that is. Um, I just sometimes, I don't know, maybe because I've had five horses forever and it just throws me off to remember there's a sixth one. But Finn is for sure mine, for sure. Um, so Finn is doing really well. Okay, you guys, I wish I could portray the level of cuteness the level of sincerity and passion that Horace has. He is little, but he is so smart and so intense and loves to work and loves to train. And he picks everything up in just a heartbeat. And oh my gosh, he is just like on fire, like with positive reinforcement training. He is, he's so much fun to work with. I love working with him. He, um, we are treating him for, um, ulcers as well. He was one of the ones that when I tested everybody that with acupressure points that, uh, he came back with very reactive, um, 
reactive reactions, <laughs> reactions to the acupressure points for ulcers. So he's also been doing much better since I've been treating him for those. Less sensitive to being touched, less prone to biting at me, um, which doesn't really happen often with him. It's only if you accidentally touch him in one of the acupressure areas. Um, so that makes sense. You know, those are the points that show sensitivity when they have ulcers. So if you touch him there, it's going to hurt. And horses communicate things their mouth and their legs sometimes so it's not a surprise I'm not upset by that uh, we do want to teach him an alternative to biting but I also can't expect him to um, not use his form of language when he's trying to communicate to me I can try and find teach him to where I'm going to teach him to be a little bit more subtle about his communication by showing him that I will listen and that the other forms of communication will be reinforced they'll be rewarded so he doesn't need to communicate as loudly as possible um, that I will listen and he's not going to be uh, pinned and forced to do whatever the human wants which is something that unfortunately happens quite a bit with all horses but even more so with ponies with small horses uh, because of their size humans tend to take very they tend to be um, even more forceful and take advantage of them and just physically manipulate them in in a bad way manipulate them into doing whatever it is they want and they skip the good training so it's like the smaller the animal is the more we feel like we can just skip the training and just expect them to deal with it and then if they don't we just manhandle them into it so unfortunately this happens a lot with ponies um and it's something we're working through to show finn that he can trust me that i'm not going to force him to do things uh, even his last trimmer farrier um, appointment we did his front feet and he did beautifully, but he was not comfortable with having his back feet handled, uh, even though he had been the previous time. And we just decided to leave his back feet alone since they weren't too bad. And she, the trimmer is going to come back in a couple weeks. And by then, hopefully, we will have made more progress on him being okay with his back feet being handled. Um, but there was no point in pressuring him into it, and I'm not going to pin him and uh, make him do it I'm not gonna you know because easily I mean he weighs less than 250 pounds so I could have very easily two of us two full-grown adult humans could have easily uh, forced him into it um, but that's not what I'm here to do I want to teach him that he can trust me and that his size doesn't matter that I will treat him like a big horse, like a really, really big horse that deserves respect, just like the big horses deserve respect and the little horses deserve respect. So um, if I want him to respect me, he's gotta, I've got to be able to show him that I can respect him as well. Okay, now truly, last but not least, is Mr. Biscuit. Um, Biscuit has been doing really well. He... It's been interesting. He has been teaching me, and as much as I've been teaching him, um, I feel like that's always a good place to be, especially as somebody who's a constant student. I'm always learning. I am extremely appreciative of any chance I get to learn something new, uh, even if that comes in the form of, well, what now? <laughs> what now? Um, with Biscuit, he has made tremendous progress. I have been able to go from him biting at my feet, biting at my body, uh, biting at my hands. Anytime I walked into the pen, he would just bite everything and everybody that was around him all the time. Um, 
so I've been able to go from that point to being able to be in the pen with him without biting, without him biting, <laughs> I, you know, without me biting, um, without him biting me. And he keeps his, uh, respectful space, not respectful. I don't want to use that word. Um, he keeps a safe space. He's learned how to stay safely away from me and keep his mouth away from me. Um, and he's learning how to do all kinds of things. And I've actually been able to take him on at liberty walks throughout the property. We've been able to go on long, you know, mile long walks without any lead ropes or halters uh, and no biting. The interesting part has been that the his biting is absolutely a, and I'm really confident about this after a couple of months of spending with him and really trying to discover the source of why he bites because that's that's what we need we need to know the source of why the horse is biting not just that they're biting sure they're biting okay that helps us we need to know we need them to stop biting so that gives us a task to accomplish but how do we accomplish that task well the way you figure out how to accomplish a task as far as behavior modification goes is you need to find out what's triggering the behavior you don't want and why it's happening altogether, and then you can start to fix it. So for him, it's been a little bit of an exploratory process, trying to figure out what triggers it and when, and I've really come to the conclusion that it has a lot to do with fear. So Biscuit, and and his fear reaction is very different from most horses. He doesn't bolt or get nervous or... um, just a lot of the behaviors you're going to see in the typical horse that's getting nervous, high-headed, snorting, pacing, um, bolting, you know, running circles around you. None of that. He doesn't do any of that. The first thing he does is turn and bite. (laughs) Um, So that's something we've got to change. And the way we're going to change it is we're going to start to work to eliminate his fear, fear of people, fear of unknown environments, fear of losing control. And um, and so we're going to work on that fear. And then we're also going to work on giving him an alternative. So what can he do instead of biting? What can he do instead of resorting to physical warfare um, if he feels uncomfortable with what's going on? So I've actually been exploring start buttons with him as well, just because I feel like they'll be incredibly valuable to him. And I've already seen a huge improvement in his behavior. He's doing really well. And also... I do want to point out that his biting is not just that. There has been moments where I strongly feel that they're a play behavior or like um, a stimulation behavior where he's like, I don't know what else to do. I'm just going to chew on this rubbery boot that you've got on. That's a great chew toy. Um, And then also somewhat has to do with some food anxiety, which brings me to the other part that has been an interesting learning experience and an exploratory process, which is that he has a tendency to drop when he's working around food. And that's something that I firmly am and passionately uh, believe is a result of anxiety around food and a um, a non-ideal reaction to being around food. The horse is too intense on the food. The food means too much. It's too valuable. It's creating too much of a chemical imbalance in the brain. This is my hypothesis, I should say, because it's it's just from personal experience. There's not a lot of or any scientific literature on this, but after many years of experience and um, talking to other trainers and getting everybody's opinions on it, this is what I feel right now at least. But Biscuit has been a fascinating 
a subject, a study on if this is really true, if this is really the case. Uh, and so he's, we are looking at what triggers it, when, what kind of training, when, how, is it the length of the training? Is it the type of food? Is it because he had ulcers, which he's also another one that tested positive for ulcers? Um, is it, um, is it the person that's handling him? Is it the way we're feeding the food? Is it how much food we're giving? Is it just newness to clicker training in general? He's just really excited about this type of training. Doesn't have to do with the fact that he is an orphan foal, um, which can lead to food anxiety. You know, there's a whole slew of questions there, and we're just slowly, you know, like, okay, that might be it. I, we're going to see if we can make this better. Okay, that made a little bit of difference, or no, that didn't make any difference. What else can we do? Um, so, yeah, so it's just been a really interesting experience with him, and I'm really excited to continue to see the progress with him. And um, I feel like I'm saying and um a lot in this episode. I'm sorry. Also, my voice is scratchy because I had some sort of... I lost my voice completely over this past week because I had guests over and I was teaching and then we had this clinic that I was talking a lot at and then my kids have all had a cold so I'm sure I have some sort of like laryngitis thing and I think that's the right word but yeah you're just we're just lucky that I have my voice today enough to do this podcast but uh back to Biscuit so he's doing fantastic I'm really happy with his progress uh he's just presented some some interesting uh, experiences for me where I'm able to really pull information from and add to my running theories and running hypothesis, this, this, whatever, and, um, and add to my informational database and figure out what's, what's going on, what I think is happening, you know, is this going to work? Is that going to work? How can I use this with future horses? So yeah, I, I'm obsessed with any opportunity I get to do that when, you know, give me a hard horse to fix and not fix. I feel like it's like implying that they're broken, but, um, give me a horse that doesn't fit your average mold. (laughs) And I would love to problem solve. I would love to put together the puzzle pieces and let's see what, what's going to work for this individual horse, because it's not always the same for every horse I have. You know, for Cash, who will sometimes get a little overexcited about the food, um, he gets just like, okay, we're doing this with a lot of food. And and if that starts to happen, I just know that if I uh, drop some food into a food bucket, uh, into a pan, he just has one or two repetitions with eating out of the pan, immediately no problems uh, after that. So it's just like, for him, that's what works. And he just gets, because he's a starvation case, um, he can sometimes get even if I'm working with like just Timothy pellets he just gets um as one of my clients says piggish about the food but that doesn't mean he can't work with food it just means that we have to be aware of the fact that this is something that is in his past that he was at some point very much had food withheld from him and he was starved from food and so food will always hold an very, very high value to him. And he will prioritize food and look for food and work for food above and beyond any most average horses, just because in his history, in his brain, he's still thinking winter is coming. Food is never happening again. And it's steadily gotten better and better. This is something that has progressively improved dramatically. Um, It just takes time. It just takes time when you have a horse that it thinks in its brain, that at one at some point this food is going to be gone. I better get as much as I can right now. 
it just takes time. You know, resource guarding can come from that. Um, aggression around food can come from that. Um, becoming overly excited about food can come from that. And overly excited is a bit of a construct, a bit of a wide term, meaning that the horse is just too much. Like there's too much of something. There's too much behavior of something for cash. It's, he starts offering behavior like pacing around or, or trying to, you know, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this? Or he starts to drop or he starts even to make a little low whinny, um, which I've started to link with uh, dropping and stuff for a lot of geldings. If they start to make that that little wicker at the human who has food. I know that they're starting to get a little overexcited about the food. Um, so it's a good sign to me. So yeah, that's the update on everybody. Um, and on me as well. Uh, everybody's doing really well. And for you guys that remember what happened with my dog Roke, uh, as far as he got injured. And then we also found that he had uh, spurs and his bone spurs in his back. He's doing really well. He's just basically on uh, management. So if he starts to get a little bit sore, I, he stays home for the day. And, and also he's on um, anti-inflammatories and painkillers. And I've changed his diet a little bit as far as adding omega-3 fatty acids. And um, I've also added some other things like turmeric, I think as he pronounced that. Um, yeah, so but he's doing really well otherwise. So he comes out with the, to the barn with me a lot. I've decided that I don't want to compromise his quality of life too much. So I am allowing him to continue to live his ranch dog life. Although um, probably for the longevity aspect of it, you know, to keep him from permanently injuring himself or tweaking anything or having to be... Um, compromise too early. Let's put it nicely. Uh, you know, leash walks only, no jumping, no tight spins, turning, running, things like that. But just, I mean, what kind of life is that for a herding dog? And I, you know, I'm working on things. I don't, I'm not trying, I'm trying to discourage some behaviors that are trainable with positive reinforcement to like jumping up or doing tight spins, um, when he sees a four wheeler coming. So there are things that I can do to help and I'm working on those. Uh, but I am making a little bit of a compromise as far as letting him live his life. Like he's lived it his whole life. Um, because it's not one of those things where it's six weeks of crate rest and he's good to go and he's back to normal or even with therapy, even therapy wouldn't completely put him back to normal. Those are permanent, um, fixtures in his back that will just com continue to progress as time goes on. Um, but we can definitely slow down the progress with management and keep him comfortable. So he's doing really well other than that. Um, and yeah, so I do have stuff coming. Like I mentioned before, I have stuff in the, in the pipes. <laughs> I have things in the works. I'm really excited about those. I just didn't get to roll them out when I hoped. And it was kind of disappointing to figure that out that that wasn't going to happen when I wanted it to, but it was really nice to, um, to get a, a break from as much social media and being able to catch up and feel like I can breathe again. So I did spend quite a bit of my month off um, recovering, uh, spending my off days actually off getting to visit my family and spend time with my kids. Um, the last two weeks of my break, I did start getting back into the work aspect of it. I just didn't get to progress in certain areas, but that's okay. I'm okay with that. 
this is a healthy place to be that I need to kind of reset and I'm re-motivated and really excited for the future and it's helped me be able to prioritize what my future goals are and where I want to go next and what's important for right now for every for me and for my family and for TWE and um, for my horses so that's a big aspect of it uh, the aspect of it uh, so yeah so I hope this update was entertaining I don't know what else it would be maybe a little bit educational with the talk about the training horses um, but that's all I've got to say alright Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to find out more, head to my website, thewillingequine.com. Uh, on there, I have a, a very extensive FAQ page that offers information and answers questions about training in general, as well as my training and services and more information about The Willing Equine. I'm also available on most major platforms, uh, social media platforms, that is, such as Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. On my website, there's also a blog. I'm an extremely prolific writer. I love to write. So besides my podcast, that's another way to get access to information that I I share and also feel free to leave feedback I love to hear from you guys I want to hear what you think what you like what you don't like about the podcast and any changes you might recommend um, so if you are listening through Apple Podcasts, feel free to leave a review through there or you can contact me through my website or one of those social media platforms and I look forward to talking to you in future podcast episodes <laughs>